1: Hold music. You want to avoid it? And so do your customers. So say goodbye to hold music and hello to faster, smarter support with Salesforce. Make service more personal and agents more productive using built-in trusted AI. Then watch costs and wait times drop and satisfaction soar. Support customers in a whole new way with Service GPT. Learn how at salesforce.com servicegpt service GPT what's going on everyone casey adams here welcome back to the rise of the young podcast today we have jeff fenster on the show jeff fenster is the founder of the rapidly expanding socal-based superfood brand everbowl which he established in 2016 Everbowl is nationally recognized as a rising star within the sector, making healthy superfoods accessible and affordable for everyone. So I met Jeff a couple months back at an event that we both spoke at, and his story is absolutely incredible. He's motivated me and allowed me to look at business differently, and I know that you will find great value in this episode. So make sure you follow Jeff, make sure you subscribe, screenshot this episode, post it on your Instagram story, and that being said, enjoy the show. Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today we have Jeff Fenster here with us, the founder of Everbowl, and much, much more. Thanks so much for coming on, Jeff. Thank you so much, Casey, for having me. Huge fan of your
2: of your podcast. I listen to it all the time. So it's <laughs> it's truly fun and an honor to get to come on and, and be a guest. So thank hey, you for having me.
1: Thank you for coming on, man. And I know we, we finally met at the event that we spoke at together out in LA. We spoke on the same panel. I learned so much from you, but that being said, I obviously you're, you're repping Everbowl right now. That's the company you're putting everything into for social and just you're talking about, but you've had such an experience from an entrepreneurial journey. But real quick before we dive into that, I'd love for you to give the people some context on what Everbowl is.
2: Sure. Everbowl is crap superfood. Acai bowls, pitaya bowls, um, blue magic, cocoa love, asterola, a bunch of fun exotic words to say that you might not yeah. know what it is, but they're nutritionally dense superfood bowls. Um, so think if, if the power of a salad met the deliciousness of an ice cream and you put them together and, uh, you had a good for you, cold, fun treat, um, that's only good for you, no added sugar and completely healthy. That's what Everbowl is. And basically it's a quick serve restaurant chain that, um, we've been growing since October, 2016. And we have 30 stores going on a hundred all across the country.
1: Wow. That's insane, man. Yeah. Take us back, though, because I know when we first met at the event, you've, you've started and sold multiple companies. I'd love for you to give the people some context on your, you know, your history as an entrepreneur <laughs> there so that they're up to date throughout the interview.
2: Sure. I'll give you the, back, I'll give you the quick two-minute back-to-my-baseball-card version. But um, I went to law school to be a sports agent and was graduating law school and was actually going to go work with David Meltzer, at Lee Steinberg Sports Agency. And ultimately, I got engaged and had a baby and decided I didn't want to pursue that career. So when I graduated, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. It was 2007. Uh, Entrepreneurship wasn't sexy or exciting, and I had no desire at that moment or even knew I was an entrepreneur. But I got a job selling payroll services for a company called ADP. And that was just so I could start paying back the six-figure and law school loans I had and, and get married and support my daughter and fiance. Um, and so that's what I started to do. And six months in, I was the number one sales rep in the country. Um, I made a boatload of money and I bought a house and was thinking, Hey, this is great. I'm going to do this for a long time. Um, and I earned this bonus, this $17,000 annual bonus. And I went to my boss in January of 2008 and said, okay, I earned this bonus. Can I have it? And my boss explained to me that it was an annual goal and I had to wait to the end of the fiscal year, which wasn't until June 30th. And I would get it in July. Exactly. And I was like, wait, 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 I have, I just bought a house. So I have no money because I just put it all in the house I'm getting engaged. I have law school loans. I have a baby. I need the money. And my boss said, I'm sorry, you know, most people don't earn it this early in the year and you got to wait. And so I went home that night really down. And I told my fiance, I just can't sit at a company where I have to wait to earn what I've already earned. And, And, you know, I've earned it. They should give it to me. And I can't, I can't like imagine being here for very long. So she said, why don't you quit? And I was like, well, let me think about that. So I was like, listen, if I quit and start my own company, we're going to have to sell this house we just moved into. (laughs) We're going to have to ask my parents to move in with them. And it's a big culture and life change. And she was supportive and I, and she supported me in doing it. So I did. And the very next day I quit ADP, moved in with my mom and dad and fiance and daughter and sold my house and started my own payroll company out of my mom's kitchen with a buddy. And three years later, we sold it. And from there, I realized that I was an entrepreneur and have gone from industry to industry to industry with zero experience because I believe experience is the most overrated prerequisite
1: to starting a company. And here I am today. That's so sick, man. So, when you, (laughs) I want to dive into that, you know, moving back into your mom's house, the payroll company. What exactly was that? And where did the idea originate from?
2: Well, the idea came from the fact that I was so successful selling that service at ADP. So I had already proven that I can sell and build the clients. Yep. So I just now had to figure out actually how to do the work. How do you, how do you process someone's payroll? Like that's what I had to learn how to do. Yep. Um, but that was where the inspiration came from. It was like, okay, I just sold so much business that I would be able to, and the way I sell and the way I've always built sales, you know, learning from guys like Dave Meltzer and all my mentors has been all about making friends and solving yep. business problems, right? So- I don't sell you payroll. I sell you me. I say, you know what, Casey, you're, you have a business. I, I do payroll. But basically, by working with me, you're getting Jeff Fenster. You're going to get all of me. I'm going to make sure that your payroll's done right. Your needs are met. If there's ever a problem, I will personally handle it. And I'm going to be there for you rather than just be some company. And so by building that relationship first, that's what I sold. And that's transferable, whether I'm at ADP or my company, iChecks, which became Canopy HR. It didn't matter right? That's what was able to, that was scalable. That's what, set, what I sold. So that's really how I jumped into it. And then while I was doing eye checks in canopy HR, I started actually, and uh, now it's more apropos, but I started in 2008, which was the recession, the last recession. Yeah. Um, and my timing was not very good at starting yeah. a company because I literally started it and then a recession happened. Yeah. But um But what I learned from that was that you can build businesses during these uncertain times and these crises. And while I was there, I would ask my clients all the time, what are the problems you're dealing with? Like besides payroll, like forget that. What else are you dealing with? Just so I could be there and learn. And the number one problem I kept hearing was we're having trouble recruiting talent. Um, People weren't leaving jobs because we were in the middle of a recession. So if you had a job, you kept it. And the pool of unemployed was so big that being able to funnel through it and, and figure out who's good and who's not was a full-time job that people just didn't have the resources for. Yeah. So I started a recruiting agency on the side called j Recruiting just to serve my current payroll clients that needed people. And basically that's all I did. I, I didn't take on any client that wasn't an iChecks client, but now it was a value add. When I came to sell you, I'd be like, Casey, in addition to getting payroll and HR through iChecks, we're providing you free recruiting services as well. So we're gonna help you as you look to hire more people, we're gonna be that resource and it grew. And then I sold that the year after my payroll business um, because I didn't need it anymore. Yeah. And I continued to hone my entrepreneurial skills and also leveraging this concept which I use today called vertical integration of multiple startups where I vertically integrate all these facets of, of um, my business needs by starting more companies.
1: Talk to me more about that because I know you spoke on that at the event that we, that we spoke at together and I was fascinated by it because, you know, once you sold this company, then you, you talk about vertical integration. What does that mean to you and how are you doing that and applying that into your businesses today?
2: Sure. So vertical integration is essentially vertically integrating or taking one, if you think of a spine of your back, yep. your spine is your main business and then it offshoots to your limbs, your arms, your legs, your head, et cetera. Well, all of those usually are outsourced, right? So like take Everbull. I outsource construction, I outsource uh, importation of my superfoods, I outsource, um, you know, my plastics and my coffee and my spoons and my forks and my knives, and all of those things. Well, for a lot of that, that's okay. But if you have a repeatable... And again, so let's use construction. I build a lot of Everables, I've opened 30 stores. So I'm going to build a lot of these, and I'm going to keep building them. So rather than me outsource that forever, I vertically integrate my own construction company. So I start my own construction company and now I build my own Everbulls and that's all I'm doing with it. Like I did with the recruiting agency, I vertically integrated a new business into my existing business because my clients needed it or my main business needed it. So for Everbull's sake, I need more restaurants. I'm going to build them all the time. I don't need to make money doing construction. I need to reduce my cost with construction. And so by hiring my own people and starting my own company, I've reduced my costs to build because I don't need to make a profit. And I get better quality of work because they work for me. So I control their calendars. I control the quality of the work. And it's on my time, which makes us more efficient <clears throat> and helps Everbull be a stronger brand. The same thing goes with importing superfoods. So I vertically integrated my own import company called Real Happy Foods, which is I went to Brazil. I worked directly with the with the factories down in Brazil and the locals. And now I import my own acai into Everbull, which allows me to reduce my cost. And again, the same thing. I don't have to make money on it. So it allows me to have it cheaper than if I buy it from a middleman who does have to make a margin on it. It also builds a moat around your company. It makes you stronger because when you have these vertically integrated components, now I'm not subject to market conditions. I'm not subject to my construction company gets a bigger job and puts me on the side or, or a back burner or... Yep. The quality of work is shoddy and I'm in this fight over money and oh, or it costs more than they said it was going to cost or it didn't come on time. Like all those things go away because it's my company. So I control it. And it also makes it more sellable when I want to sell the whole business because there's all these vertically integrated components. So it's a much stronger brand. It's a much stronger business. And it lets me do what my superpower is, which is startups. I get to start more companies and have more
1: fun. Where do you, uh, I just, I, 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 I love that concept. Like, I'm looking at ways <laughs> I can in, integrate that into my life long term. How do you manage multiple, you know, you're starting all these different companies. Where does your mind go? Where do you spend your time on a daily basis when it comes to, you know, managing these vertically integrated companies?
2: Well, so the only way it works is by surrounding yourself with great people. So it starts with uh, a concept for me, which is being the dumbest guy in the room. And I like to make sure that I'm surrounded by amazing people. I don't want to be the person who comes up with every idea. I don't have an ego I am more than happy to let other people be the stars in the company and yep. I will go to the areas that of most need and so like I like to lead with the broom concept meaning I'll sweep if everyone else wants to handle everything else yeah. um, so for construction I don't know anything about construction I mean literally I can barely put Legos together so I'm not the guy who could figure out how to do it I had to yeah. bring those people in and that's what I do as a CEO is I'm building the brand I'm setting the vision I'm, I'm kind of pointing the boat in the right direction and bringing the team together to get us there. So that's my mind is mainly focused on making sure that we're moving the company towards our big audacious goals and putting people in place and in position to where they get to be the CEO of their own division and department and their job and give them the credit, let them inject their DNA into the business, let them try what they think is the right way to do it. And all of a sudden they work harder and they do such Uh, they go the extra mile for us because they're part of it and they're not being told what to do from me or someone else. They're actually the architect of their own department. And that's how you inspire people to, to go above and beyond. And and really it's allowed us to achieve results. We were never going to get to if it was just me and my ego.
1: Got that. If someone wants to, you know, take that strategy of vertical integration and put it into their company, what is the first step they need to take to become aware of where they can integrate? So I
2: would make a list, and this is what I do all the time. Make a list of all of your suppliers, all of your vendors, and all of your partners or any other company, third party that you get anything from. And then look at what you're going to do regularly. Like, for example, the plastics in Everbull. I don't make my own plastics company because there's not, it's, not, it's not enough of Everbowl. It's mm-hmm. too garden variety. It's too available to everyone. A plastic spoon is a plastic spoon. Yeah. Um, Acai is a niche product that me and only a handful of companies do. And constructing Everbulls is is niche because it's only my restaurant. So yeah. the amount of time it's going to take me to teach someone, a construction company to do it, and the markup they're going to put on it is very high. If I was only building one or two or three restaurants, I wouldn't have started my own. But because I wanted to build 50 and it was a repeatable problem again and again and again and again, it made sense to vertically integrate. So if I was looking at another business, I would say, okay, what are the vendors that I'm going to use again and again and again and again? And are they providing something that is pretty unique to me and my business? If the answer is yes, well, then the world is small. I mean, you can get things from China. You can get things from Indonesia. You can get things from Europe or South America pretty easily. Um, So use your innovativeness, your intuition. Go out there and build your own relationships out there and find ways to get it directly and cut the middlemen and women out. And you're gonna find that the economies of scale are gonna work and you're gonna make more money for your main business. And that's where vertical integration really starts to amplify and help. And it also allows you to pivot because by me sourcing my own acai, for example, um, it allowed me to create a new product called Superfuel Coffee where I infuse acai into coffee because I I get so much acai, right? And, And by building my own restaurants with the construction arm, I'm now able to offer franchising cheaper than I would have before because I'm going to build your store for you and I don't need to make money doing it. So my franchisee saves money and it makes me the most competitive franchise out there. Well, those two added benefits were never going to be found had I not vertically integrated those two things. So there's so much power when you look within and say, what can I integrate into my business? And remember, you're an entrepreneur, which means you know how to start a company. Like, yeah. that's already there for you. You don't have that fear and anxiety of, I don't know how to start a company. Bullshit, you already do it. So, yeah. oops, sorry, I don't mean to swear. Um, and, and that is where so many new things come because when you start to do this and you go through that exercise all the time, you'll start to see all the different areas of your business that you can improve, whether it's vertically integrating or just negotiating. I mean, sometimes you can just say, you know what, I don't want to start my own construction company. But I'm going to I'm gonna negotiate with a construction company to say, listen, I'm not going to start my own, but I'm going to build 50. Can we do a contract price where you lower your margin significantly? Because I'm going to use you for all of these today, tomorrow, and in the future. And by showing them your roadmap and having it thought through and already have been through it mentally, you know your business that much better. And it's going to put you in a position to negotiate stronger.
1: Love that. So the original or the 25 locations plus you have right now those are not franchises is that correct correct yeah no we own them all okay and, and i know that we, we touched on this before when we first met why was that the case and now going to the <laughs> franchise model what advice do you have for people that you know like because i i want to understand franchising where looking at it we're going from 25 to 100 like what does that look like on scale and how are you like how do you plan for that much of a you know, from 25 to 100, is like 4X location. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs>
2: well, so I, the reason I didn't want to franchise at first was because I think too many brands franchise too early and yep. that's going to create failure. I mean, I think if you don't have something brand, like I don't want franchisees just by advertising and marketing. I want customers who want to be a franchisee because they love what we stand for and they believe and bleed and breathe the same thing we do. Yep, And that took time. I also had to have an offering that was fully vetted. I mean, I learned so much between store three and store 25 where store 23, I was still learning new things based on new location data, based on new markets and new regions and new ways to train and how to handle all these employees and all of these extra things I didn't know before. So for me, it was really making sure before we franchise, we were going to live up to one of our core values. We have five main core values, but one of them is, um, if you're going to do something, be remarkable at it, or don't do it at all. And I didn't feel like we were we were able to be remarkable at franchising until pretty much now. Um, and secondly, I wanted to disrupt the franchise market. I didn't want to go in and be a me too, right? I really wanted to to fine tune our import side, our construction side, our Everble University training side, and make it to where every franchisee who joins us is like thankful that they joined us and that. They, they're not, there's no regret that they, they get the best deal possible, the lowest entry barrier of entry. So they don't risk much capital. They make the most money. And then we build this thing together because if you join us, um, we all need to succeed. And, and that's very important to me. So that's kind of why I waited. And to go from now to a hundred um, is just about, again, finding the right partners and the right people to grow with and together we'll get there.
1: Love that when did you start building your personal brand on social and going hard in that area? And how has that transformed you, but also your business? Well, so that's
2: actually more recent. Um, that would, I would say the middle of last year, um, uh, 2000 and sorry, end of summer, 2019, um, is when I really started to focus at all on my personal brand. I really wasn't even thinking okay. about it. Um, it just never really occurred to me yeah. And one of my investors sat me down and put me through this pretty yeah. easy exercise of, he said, "Jeff, name me the CEO of this company," and I couldn't do it. And this company, I couldn't do it. And uh, but then he named a company I could, and I and he came made me realize that more importantly, like I like the way I sold how I used to sell Jeff Fenster, not payroll. He's like, you need to sell Jeff Fenster to the world because for Everbull, for all of this, the bigger your personal brand is, the more people know you the more they will love what you're doing and get to understand what you're doing. And they'll listen. They won't listen. If it's just a commercial about Everbowl. if all yeah. I'm talking about is Everbull, 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 it's a commercial. And what do we all do during a commercial? We change the channel or we go make a sandwich. Yeah. Um, but when Jeff Fenster, the person gets, gets built and people get to know me, well, then the people who understand me will, will then listen. And I've earned the right to talk about Everbull in a way that they'll understand it and hear about it. And, um, it also makes us more sellable. And in today's world, we need to be more human, right? We need to be ourselves. And so, uh, Dan Fleischman really helped me a ton with my personal brand. Um, you know, I, I like, I I really wanted to learn from him and, uh, guys like you and listening to your podcast has has been inspiring. And, um, you know, I continue to to learn from those around me and and really focusing on the personal brand now for the first time. And I'm seeing it take off. Uh, you got TikTok coming in hot too right (laughs) yes i'm about to come out with some i've been filming i'm about to have enough content to really put it out there very cool
1: very cool i'd love for you to touch on mentorship you know you talked about dan he's been someone that he was the first person i ever met at the first event i went to in 2017 he's been a mentor in my life how have mentors played a role in your life just throughout your journey I mean, mentorship is, the is besides hard work, it's the
2: mentorship and coaching is the number one secret to being successful in business, in my opinion. Um, I believe everybody, and everyone listening includes you, needs a mentor, at least one, if not many, and a business coach. And you should have both, and there's a difference between the two. Um, you know, my longest mentor has been Dave Meltzer. We, we've been friends since I was a five-year-old kid, and he was in high school. <laughs> Um, and I've interned at all of his companies and he's been a mentor of mine, my entire life, so much so that we're actually co-writing a book that will come out this summer on mentorship, the mentor and mentee side over 30 years and the power that comes from mentorship. If you don't have mentors that are there to give you situational knowledge, leverage their relationship capital, help you avoid the dummy tax and give you the cheat codes, you're just missing out. I mean, you're, you're literally driving without, you're, you're literally trying to find a house without using the map, uh, the map app on your phone. Yeah. Um, think of mentors as the map app, you know, iMaps or Google maps or whatever. Um, you put in an address and it's going to tell you the quickest way to get there. That's what mentorship can do for you. So if you're not using your map, um, then I mean, don't be dumb, use your map. Right. And then business coaches and why that's so important is because they're going to make sure that when you get to that destination that you're ready to execute. Um, LeBron James has a coach. Tom Hanks has an acting coach. Beyonce had a singing coach. Michael Jordan had a coach. Tiger Woods has a coach. These are all the best in the world at what they do, and they all have coaches. Why? Because a coach is going to hold you accountable to deliver your best 100% self. They're not going to let you skate by with 99% because you're having an off day. They're going to hold you accountable, and they're going to make sure that, yeah, you have the road and you know know how to get there, but now you're going to get there the most remarkable way. So I can't stress enough, you know, I coach people and I'm, I also pay coaches. I can't stress enough to find someone that you can give money to and you have to give money to them. Otherwise they will not be a coach. They'll be a mentor and they won't invest in you every day. They're going to point you the right direction. A coach is going to invest with you and be there to watch you do your practice reps and bounce your ideas off of and be on the phone with you or zoom or in person. Um, and for those of you who say I can't afford it, I'm going to tell you, you almost can't afford not to. Uh, find a way to downsize your life just a little bit Eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the next month. Find yeah. somebody who can help you get to where you want to get and pay them a little bit of money because it doesn't have to be a lot either. I mean, I have some people that give me $50 cause that's all they can afford. Yeah. I don't want, I'm not trying to take money from anyone, but when you give someone money, you're going to follow through because you've given them money and they're going to follow through because you've given them money. Yeah. My mentor, like I called Dave, if Dave's not free, he's not free. He's busy doing his thing. I can't, I can't say, I can't demand his time. If I give Dave money, then Dave, I need your time. I paid for the service. He's going to give me his time and we're going to work through my, my exercise. So it's just a different relationship, but they're both valuable. And the best dream team you can have for success is when you have both. And so uh, that's my long-winded mentor coach. uh,
1: Very cool. What advice do you give, not only from to young entrepreneurs, but people first starting their company, what should they look out for based on just your journey, everything you've learned? What would you give, if you had to give a roadmap to, hey, 2020, especially in the, there's so much uncertainty right now in this market. If someone goes to start a company today, 18 to 25 years old, what advice do you give them?
2: Uh, I give them two pieces of advice. The first one is Kaizen, which is to get 1% better every day. So Uh, especially young, not necessarily always in age, but just young and experienced or age entrepreneurs, they always feel this fear of I'm not where I need to be. And I'm always looking at all the companies or people that are ahead of me and what they've already accomplished. Um, focus on 1% better every day. Kaizen, just something simple, micro goals that you can achieve today. If you don't achieve a goal every single day, you blew the day. And that's what you need to hold yourself accountable to. And when you do that, Momentum starts to happen. It's like a snowball that starts down the mountain. Today, it's that one little step. So, an easy analogy is exercise, right? If someone wants to lose weight, but they've been sitting on the couch for years, run to the mailbox. Tomorrow, run to the next storm neighbor's mailbox, then the next mailbox, then the next mailbox. mailbox. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get that 20 miles or 10 miles or whatever the goal is, just keep hitting a goal every day. Eventually, your goals are going to get bigger. And you're going to still achieve them every day. But I always have a goal that I hit every single day of my life. I do not start my day without knowing what it is and I do not end my day without having hit it. So it has to be obtainable in one single day. And when you do that, you will see results. And it could just be make one outgoing sales call, send one thank you email. If you're, you know, if if you're in real estate, send one cold email. It doesn't really matter what it is, but one simple goal every day, hit that. And then the second one is lose the ego. Um, when I was a young entrepreneur, I had a big ego thinking that I had to come up with every idea in my business. Um, if I didn't come up with the cool idea or the next big idea and some, one of my employees did that, I felt like they would think I was a fraud because I was in charge and it was just a, it was a bad place. And, and, um, it set me back and it pushed some great talented people out of the company who would have stayed, but for my ego. Mm-hmm. And so I learned the hard way with that. And now I've lost the ego and I could care less about the credit. I want to give the credit to everyone else and, and just together as a team will be successful. And so entrepreneurs who are building a team and have people working for them, young in age or in experience, make sure you lose the ego. Make sure you let those people inject themselves into the company. Their okay. vernacular will change. As soon as you hear them go, well, this is your company or this is how, this is how they do it at, at my work. When they stop saying that and they start saying, well, this is how we do it. And I can't wait till we hit this. When the you and they turn into we, you've Mm -hmm. done it. And that's when you know that your employees are lifers and you're going to build an incredible company. So those are the two things I would stress the most to anyone starting today or or pretty early on.
1: Yeah, that's, Phenomenal. That kind of want to, I want to switch into, you know, culture, like you just talked about (laughs) that. We, how have you been able to maintain company culture, especially in Everbowl going from, you know, that three to 25 (laughs) to now a hundred locations. How, how, what advice would you give to the people that are looking to build team culture and how have you been able to do that? So I basically have two
2: rules uh, at Everbowl, make friends and have fun. Um, Those are the two culture rules and that's the two rules to work with us. Uh, but I'm not the one who's great at building culture. So I brought on an incredible rock star, Brian Augustine. Um, he was with Trader Joe's for 14 years, and he's our chief development officer. And his sole job is culture and development of our people and wow. making sure that, that that's his focus. And he's so good at it that I give him all the credit for why we have such yeah. a great culture at Everble. Um, It's him. Uh, he was like, Jeff, what is the culture you want? And I said, I want it to be friendly. I want everyone to make friends and have fun. He took those two ingredients and built an incredible cake that has allowed us to scale and grow from two, three employees to 430. And, um, wow. and, and I would say that if you're not the, like, if you're like me where maybe you're not the best at, at building culture, get someone in who can fill your weakness, right? Again, lose the ego, let them come in, let them do it. And then when you're talking
1: about it, make sure you give them the credit cause they've earned it. Yep. Love that. How have you, because I'm just, I, by the way, I love Everbowl. Yeah. I go there all the time. And especially during times like this, when, you know, with locations having to shut down due to the coronavirus, how have you been able to adapt? I think this is an important lesson for any business owner right now, especially going through a time like this. How have you adapted to this recent crisis that's been happening?
2: Well, so one of our other core values, and I think it's one that all entrepreneurs need to have, is you need to always be change ready. Mm -hmm. Um, because the world changes all the time. So whatever worked yesterday will not always work today. And if you're not change ready and able to adapt and pivot, um, the market conditions will change and you'll miss out and you'll be a wagon salesman when cars come out or you'll be a Xerox machine when the internet comes out, right? So the, the critical thing to do is to be change ready. And what we did is we had to temporarily close our stores due to the coronavirus and social distancing. And we launched a concept called Later Bowls, which right now, anyone listening can please go and go to shop.everbowl.com and learn about it. But we're shipping all across the country our bowls that are frozen that go in your freezer and you can make one on demand. Um, and it's a whole new business unit for us. And it's something that will live even once we do get to go back to some normalcy and open all of our stores. Um, and that was something that was really a uh, great idea from some of our team members that came up with it. and it's turned out to be an incredible, incredible business for us. And we're making a lot more money during this time when otherwise we would have been sitting on our hands waiting. And, and, uh, my goal is to bring back two times the number of employees I I left with when COVID started and and really be a resource for, for people who are going to be looking for work and, I want everyone to be their best self, especially right now. You need to build up your immune system. You need to, when you eat good, you feel good. When you feel good, you look good. When you look good, you perform good. And when you perform good, you're happy and you you achieve all your results. So I don't care what you do for a living. It starts with what you eat and the fuel you put in your body. So give Everbowl a try or one of my competitors because uh, we're fighting the good fight for you and and you got to take
1: control of your health. Absolutely. Where did this obsession for like quality food and health and ingredients come from? Because it's, If I, like, for example, one of my goals is like, how can I have an Everbowl every day for the rest of my life? Right. If I can stay healthy and lean and have that, you know, like, just consistent healthy food in my life, why not? Right. So where did this come from in your life and how have you, what's allowed you to go so deep in it?
2: Well, so when I was nine, my, one of my favorite aunts passed away from cancer. And I remember when I was a kid just talking to my dad who was a doctor and saying, you know, why did she die? and, And why couldn't they cure her disease? And, and, you know, he really hit on that cancer is scary disease. And when you get it, it's really hard to to beat it, et cetera. Um, so just that put a little bit of a fear of cancer in me when I was young. And I used to always research like how not to get cancer and all yeah. these things. And, and then what you learned is, and what I've learned is um, 80% of the biggest four ailments that are plaguing Americans today, heart disease, stroke, cancer, and obesity. Those four things are what's killing us on a daily basis. Over 80% of that is lifestyle. Meaning it's not your genetics. You're not meant to have it. It's choices. And it's lack of movement and lack of eating the right foods. Um, And then it's like, well, if we know that, why are we still not doing it? And so I started to unevolve. It's a single word uh, that we trademarked and created. And it's a lifestyle. And it simply means to move and eat the way you were meant to. Live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. And since I'm not a fitness guru who can get everyone to exercise, um, but more important than exercise is what we eat. I knew I could solve the eating thing. And um, I realized that there are four main excuses we make as to why we choose to eat bad food or food that's not good for us. And it's either it costs too much to eat healthy, it doesn't taste good, it doesn't fill you up and leave you satisfied, or you just can't get it, meaning you only have 30 minutes or an hour and, and you go through a drive through in a shopping center. Um, so I knew that if I could build a concept that was affordable, filling, delicious, and accessible, I could get most people to choose a healthy option regularly. And, that's where Everbowl came from. And so I reverse engineered those four excuses and wanted to provide superfoods. Like I mentioned, it's, it's the mixture. It's like if you imagine taking a salad and turning it into an ice cream to where you feel like you're eating an ice cream, but you're getting the nutritional power of a salad, um, I could get people to eat it all the time. And because it's good for you, you can eat it every day and it's a meal or a snack or a dessert or whatever you want it to be. Um, and it makes you better. And that's what's so cool is everyone who eats Everbowl is healthier for it. So I feel really good about what we're selling and I can speak with passion and scream at the top of my lungs, (laughs) like eat (laughs) everball.
1: Yeah, love that, love that. Last question, Just when it comes to your journey as an entrepreneur, if you were to tell an 18, 19 year old, new up and coming entrepreneur, one piece of advice, what would that be and why?
2: So I would say, if you you need to basically be ready to work really hard. Um, Hard work is the secret. And when I say work hard, I don't necessarily just mean you have to hate it. If you got to find something you love, because when you love something, it won't be work. Um, But hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I've made all of my successes in life have come off the backbone of working my ass off. And I don't work a day in my life. I love what I do. I'm so passionate about it. So it's really easy for me to find myself working. And then my wife say, hey, aren't you going to stop? It's 11 o'clock at night. And I go, Oh my God, it's 11 o'clock at night. I thought it was like one in the afternoon and I get lost in what I'm doing because I love it. So if you're 18, 19, don't chase money. It's the biggest, biggest mistake people make. If you chase a woman, you chase a boy, you chase a lizard, you chase a rabbit, or you chase money, it's going to run flat out. Things run when you chase them. The way you attract a boy, a girl, an animal or money is by providing value, being kind, working your butt off, and and letting it come to you focus on what you can do to be remarkable and the money will come focus on what you love to do and invest hundred percent of yourself into it and you will be successful you will be wealthy beyond your your wildest dreams you will achieve goals that you never thought were possible and it all comes from passion and so I would Mm -hmm. say find your passion work your butt off and enjoy the enjoy the fruits of your success
1: I, I love that Last thing, where can people stay up to date with Everbowl with you? And where can they I want you to say it again, where can they go get an Everbowl right now <laughs> if they're looking to get one?
2: <laughs> sure. So get your Everbowl at Everbowl.com, click later bulls or shop.everbowl.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Fenster Jeff, TikTok, Fenster Jeff, or LinkedIn or Facebook. I love talking to entrepreneurially minded people. Right. I like criticism, I like feedback, I like suggestions, and I like to talk as you can see. So <laughs> uh, strike up a conversation and let's get into it. And then Everbull is at Everbull Craft Superfood or Everbull.com. And I look forward to, to connecting with all of you and watching all of you guys achieve you know, all your dreams and be a resource or a fan in your corner.
1: Love it. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming
2: on. It means the world. Oh, thank you, man. I am such a big fan of what you're doing here because you are providing a resource for so many people. As a fan of your show, I truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you, Casey. And Uh, Next time I'm in Scottsdale, man, we're going to get a bowl together.
1: Hey, athlete, man. Talk soon.
0: Monarch Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. November 17th this place it's not ours believe me the most massive event of the year arrives if you come with me you'll know everything I promise oh My God. Go, go, go! Monarch Legacy of Monsters streaming November 17th only on Apple TV plus